In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of our ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in his sixth month. For the words of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. It's nearly Christmas. Yes, correct response. Welcome. It's great to be here. What a story we've got to work our way through this morning. When you think about it, it's probably one that we're fairly familiar with. Yeah? You know, postcards and snow? Snow, snow in the Middle East. Anyway, um, but let's just take a fresh look at what's really going on here. I mean, Mary, a teenage girl has this encounter with an angel. Don't know what time of day that took place, whether she just popped to get something from her room, <laughs> or uh, whether she was just trying to settle down for the night quietly. You know, you, you have your routines to settle down, don't you? And then Gabriel appears. And he says, do not be afraid. Probably for quite good reason. I imagine she was terrified. Uh, as would probably most of us be, should an angel appear to us and brings this incredible message that this very ordinary girl was going to play a pivotal part in history. Isn't that amazing? It says, through you, a saviour is going to be born for all of humankind. Well, that's a bit of a message, isn't it? I imagine she would have had some questions. The Bible just says she kind of said, hmm? how can this be? For some very obvious reasons, this is not possible. But right at the outset, we hear that God is involved. This is the start of his beautiful rescue plan for you and for me. Isn't it an incredible story? And the angels, I have a funny feeling, are going to play quite the role. This reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. An angel comes to Joseph. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Angels, 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 they're just everywhere, aren't they? Maybe they're here. Um, angels in dreams, angels in person. Seems like there's something going on with the angels and they, spoiler alert, they do still feature later. And this angelic visitation was very necessary. Just get what's gone on here. Joseph is engaged to be married to Mary and meets her. And it becomes apparent to him that something's different. She is not just festively plump. As somebody told me, we all get a little at this time of year. She's expecting a baby. That's a difficult conversation. And after that conversation, Joseph's head is in a tailspin. What does he do? How does he deal with this situation with his wife-to-be who he loves and his honour in the public community and all of those things going through his head? What does he do? So he makes a decision. He's just going to deal with this quietly in the best way that he can. Isn't it amazing that God knows what's going on in our minds? Because God knows he needs to step in. And so in the dream, the angel comes to him. And it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid because, look, there's a plan afoot. What's going on is significant. You are now part of history because Mary's baby is mine, says God. Whoa. Imagine waking up in the morning. What do you do with that? Uh, uh. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm an external processor. If I have a dream like that, I'm going to tell someone. Who's going to believe you? Well, fortunately, Mary does. He says, Mary, I get it. I know what's going on. The angel has visited me too. We're going to do this. We're part of a plan. You know, we're all part of a plan. God knows what's on our minds and in our hearts and knows how to speak right into it. 
It's good, isn't it? What an amazing story. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him down in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. Now, I wonder, a show of hands in the room, who here has ever been present at a birth? Okay. So, suddenly lots of people like this. All right. Just want to ask you this, show of hands, how many of those experiences were silent? Anyway, I'm not dissing the carol. I love the carol, but come on, people. <laughs> this is a birth, and it's a bit messy, and it's in a pretty ropey setting. I mean, it's a stable. Now, my granddad was a farmer. And when we got to stay at Christmas, one of the joys of staying at grandma and granddad's at Christmas was mucking out the cow shed. I promise you, it's not a place to have a baby. It's the kind of place that you want to spend as little time in as humanly possible. It stinks. It certainly isn't clean. I mean, I know this was 2,000 years ago. But come on, the saviour of all humanity is humbled and born in that? Now, it's even more incredible, though, because I don't know if you've ever noticed something about children. In fact, I wonder if, if I could have um, a volunteer, perhaps a four-year-old, volunteer is there any foot Jess can you give me a hand come on Jess round of applause for Jess come on Jess <laughs> Jess thanks for your help right Jess we've never met before have we yes yes we have oh dear right Jess how old are you four for just checking because I needed a four-year-old. Right, Jess, come, come, just come and stand here, Jess, so everyone see. Jess has a whole personality squashed into this much, don't you? She does, and it's an amazing personality. And this is why children have got so much energy, because... They haven't yet grown into this, so it's just got to come out, hasn't it, Jess? Yes, it has. 
Um, is there anything you'd like to say right now? Uh, four. She's four. This is right. Can we give Jess a big round of applause? <laughs> now, get this. God came. You think it's a squeeze getting a whole human personality into a child? Fancy you made the universe. Fancy that you flung stars into space, that you spoke and things were created. And then somehow you condense yourself down to become an infant. What? How is that possible? But Jesus was fully human and fully God. He was the fullness of God in every way. Whoa. That's a squeeze. And why did he come? Why did he come? Well, it was always God's plan for him to come. He needed to come because he needed to live a life like you and me. He needed to come because he was then going to be able to say, I know what it is to walk in your shoes and to do it perfectly. He needed to come so ultimately he would die. But the fact that he came, that he was able to do, it blows your mind. The creator of the universe crying in a, sorry, it wasn't silent, crying in a crib, needing to be comforted and fed and... What? This is an incredible story. When you really look again at it, isn't it amazing the lengths that God has gone to for you and for me? He spared nothing to come. What a saviour. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. The shepherds and angels. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find him. You will find the babe wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, 
let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising him for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Ah, yes, the angels are back in their throngs, appearing on the hillside, not just one, but a whole host. Choruses across the hillsides. It's an impressive scene, isn't it? Now, at Christmas, do you get excited? <laughs> Anybody apart from Rita get excited? Yes, excellent. Good stuff. Okay. So, why do you get excited? Well, there's some generally, you know, maybe there's a bit to look forward to. Now, I have uh, older children now, uh, and they're um, coming into that phase of life. Uh, children, just close your ears now, where Christmas gets less exciting. Because <laughs> you've bought your own presents. Uh, no, no, sorry, no. We get excited because there's this sense of anticipation. I mean, some people will already have some things nestling under the tree that you're tempted to shake. And Alison's here. Yes, yes. Just a little feel, just to check what they are. Lovely. Um, it's a time of year when we have a sense of anticipation. And then when you open that gift, now you know the one that's top of your list. You know the one that you hope for, and you're not sure if you're going to get it. Kids, okay, you've been ambitious. You've written, I can see some nodding heads there. Yes, I have been ambitious. Um, I once asked for a snooker table for Christmas. And, and uh, because I'm helpful, I put out uh, a duvet cover. I swapped my stocking, you see. There's always a plan. And uh, bless him, Santa in his wisdom, he used the duvet cover. And I just had a really long hunt. <laughs> try and find the things just nestling at the bottom of that cover. Anyway, I, th I thought it was a good idea at the time. Um, we get excited because things are coming. And if we get that thing, that's good news, isn't it? And we want to tell people about it. Now... When my children were born, I'm going to tell you who I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the people who were most important to me. I, I spoke with my family. I spoke with my close friends. In fact, two people in this room knew before anybody else that our third child was on, on its way. 
because they picked up the other two and took them away for us. Um, which was very kind. We had plenty to do. And uh, we tell the people who are closest to us, good news. You know, you, you want to tell the people that, you know, it matters to, don't you? So Jesus, the saviour of the world, has just been born. Who does God tell? Shepherds is an interesting choice. I mean, who are the shepherds? They're not relatives. They're not particularly well thought of. They were unqualified. They were uneducated. They were, well, pretty much left out of society because if you're looking after sheep, you're looking after sheep, you're out of town, stay out of the way. That was how they were viewed. So God goes, I've got some fantastic news. My son has just been born. So who do I tell first? Those who are on the outside, those who are ignored, those who are taken for granted, those who don't think very much of themselves, those who think they're pretty ordinary, those who think that, well, their life may or may not make a difference, we're just going through the motions. That's who he goes to. I love that. That category includes me. It includes you. It includes everybody in this room. That's who God wanted his message to get to. Now, the important people, they got to find out. But do you spot the, the wise men just got a star? Just a star. They didn't get a full choir. Imagine the harmonies. Come on. Once the angels had got over absolutely bricking themselves, like, ah, oh, it's really quite nice. Yeah. Oh, what would that have been like? No, no, the wise men get the star. Herod, he just gets to find out because the wise men don't go back to him. The shepherds, they get a first-hand invitation. Not only do they get an angelic visitation, they get an invitation. And as we look again at this story, do you know the invitation is one that's open to all of us each and every day? Come close and look. Come close and encounter Jesus. Come close. There's nothing that needs to stand in your way. You know, the shepherds going somewhere that they weren't invited, you know, they didn't have the card. They didn't have the ticket to get in. They're going around the town looking for this place and a child's been born. And is that a bit of an imposition? I mean, you know, when people have children, we, we might do things to support them, but perhaps pitching up at the bedside too soon. I, I don't know. But the shepherds get invited right in to the presence of God, literally the presence of God. It's a pretty cool story, isn't it? And why did he come? Well, he came 
because of his unfathomable, unbelievable, phenomenal love. Love for all humanity. Every single person drove him to come, to humble himself, to to be born in a stable, to be so vulnerable and weak, to, to give up all the riches of heaven, to come and work out a life which he knew was going to end in death for you. It's a story worth getting excited about. It's no wonder Rita loves Christmas. Christmas is amazing. And amongst the tinsel and the lights and the carols and the festivities and the food, at the heart of it, Jesus is making us an invitation. And it's a really simple one. It's come. Who do you need him to be this Christmas? The Prince of Peace? Well, come. Who do you need him to be? The Wonderful Counselor? Well, come. Who do you need him to be? The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father? Well, just come. Don't hold back. There's an invitation to come. There was a picture of a stable there. It's a very simple picture of a stable. And it's a very simple thing. Say, Jesus, I really need you this Christmas. And he'll come. He's wonderful like that. And we're going to hear something that was prophesied about him hundreds of years before, because this was always God's plan. It's been God's plan for you to be here this morning. It's God's plan for you to, to enjoy my wine and mince pies in a few minutes. He's got it all. And so we're going to hear from Isaiah declaring the truth of who Jesus is this Christmas. In Isaiah 9, verses 2 and 6 to 7, a great light has come. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Pray together, and why don't you invite Jesus to come right now? Jesus, we say you are so welcome. You are so welcome. The The story of your arrival on planet Earth is just incredible. The notion that you you created such a pathway just so that you could redeem us and save us, it blows our minds, Father. And Jesus, I pray that this Christmas, your powerful, wonderful and peaceful presence would rest in every home represented here. Jesus, come. Jesus, come and heal. Come and restore. Come and bring joy. Come and bring hope. Come and bring peace. Come and bring salvation. In Jesus' name. 
Amen.